Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Coppel. Trevor, are you hanging upside down while recording this right now? Uh, yeah, you know, I thought I'd just get into, uh, you know, my clothes from 20 years ago and, and uh, you know, do some young guy stuff because everybody else is. Yeah, duh. And you get to play all your hits while you do it, right? With That's the rest right. of your friends who are playing all their hits. That's right. And you're not getting paid a single dime to be a billionaire on on a halftime show that's that's how it goes you've, you've got me pegged <laughs> life in the big city buddy i tell you life in the big city well uh i'd be remiss to say that nothing big happened this weekend correct uh correct <laughs> yeah pretty, not the biggest weekend of it, it was, sports it was uh inevitably gonna be a historic finish and uh that's often the case with these super bowls but uh you know, it was either going to be a franchise's first Super Bowl or, you know, Matthew Stafford's first Super Bowl win after 12 years with the, uh, with the Detroit Lions. And, uh, and that's the one that we got. Um, so, uh, yeah, pretty big weekend in the uh, world of football, in the world of sports. Well, let's talk about it, shall we? I mean, what else are we here for? We can't play grab ass. Uh, apparently, uh, and we could talk about other things, but that wouldn't last an hour or so. so unless you want to talk about crypto, <laughs> I don't. Okay. I have nothing well, good to say about it. I'll I'll offend someone. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, for all you crypto listeners out there, it's time for you to, to probably turn off your your, your phone. <laughs> so it ain't gonna get pretty. I can tell you that none of this will be about crypto. And even if it was, there would be no good words shed. So with that being said. What did you think of the game, starting with the first half? So I, I thought the first half was uh, it was nearly exactly what I expected with a couple of surprises. Um, I did think that the first half would be mostly defense, super low scoring. Um, uh, something that I really liked uh, early in the game was Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown to uh, Higgins. Yeah. And, yep, that uh, was pretty cool. That was, that was just really cool. I think it's great for a team like the Bengals to be where they are and the way that they got there. I love to see them come out aggressive and creative. And, uh, and they, they really uh, they were in this game right up until the end. So uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty entertaining. No kidding. Uh, I, I could have swore when I saw that play happen. I was like, wow, this is going to be like the Philly special. All over again. We're going to end up seeing this on commercials for like the next four or five years. And I'm, it, oh, luckily, it's not against the Patriots, although an AFC, AFC Super Bowl would be impossible. Um, I, I would, yeah, I thought we were going to have to see that, like the helmet catch and David Tyree and stuff. And I was, I was having PTSD. Let's just put it like that. So um, due to my trauma, I would figure I'd share it on this podcast because this is therapy for me, regardless if the season's over. And um, we'll get into that later um, and the risk factors involved in that. I didn't enjoy the first half. There I said it. I didn't enjoy it, Trevor. Yeah, I, well, you know. <laughs> really, well, you, you know, you can't like everything, and I certainly am, am one to be more of a pessimist than an optimist. However, uh, in terms of football quality, I, I thought it was kind of crappy. There I said it. I thought it was kind of crappy. It was, what, a 13-10 game going into halftime, so, I mean, L.A. was leading. Um, something about that first half just didn't really compel me or just bring me in like every other playoff game had. And granted, maybe my senses are sort of dulled here because of the amazing football we watched in the, and basically, 
you know, the, the last seven weeks of the season, including the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't drawn in, man. It, man. You know, yeah, that's what it was. I thought it was meh, very meh, and I thought it was sloppy. I mean, as it probably should be. And yes, defense played a lot into that. And you know, there's no running game. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah, I just I, didn't really like it. I personally, so. I was, I was sucked in right away with you know which which team might be able to to make something happen and break away from the other. Um, so I, I personally was really engaged on every drive and I actually thought the football was cleaner in the first half. I know there was a missed face mask and that ended up in my opinion being balanced out in the second half. Uh, but, uh, I thought the football was a little sloppier, even though more exciting, but a little sloppier in the second half, you had some bad play calls by the Rams and some big mistakes, costly, costly, uh, penalties by the Bengals so yeah didn't like it <laughs> first half um so what did, what did you make of the second half cool. obviously the most so, compelling I mean, part there, there was no I, I thought the play calling at times got yeah. really bad in the second half they uh I did too the Rams yeah. the Rams they uh they called that play with Cooper Cup throwing the ball to Matthew Stafford um, the Philly special yeah, that was not supposed. That was not Cooper Cup's play, but OBJ was injured, and they decided to call that play without him. That's, that's right. supposed to be OBJ throwing the ball, and Cooper Cup is amazing. Uh, no he's kidding. a terrific at what he does, but like he's not the guy you want throwing the football. We saw that. <laughs> um, right, right. So, and then also, you know, the the Bengals. They really, uh, I mean, not not to make uh, you know anybody who lost the Super Bowl feel worse, but they have themselves to blame a lot in the second half with some really costly penalties to uh, to keep uh, the Rams in the game. Well, let's talk about that. What do you what do you think about the most costly quote unquote penalty uh, on Logan Wilson on the pass interference call uh, against uh, the Bengals when he supposedly. Uh, interfered with Cooper Cup close to the, the goal line there. Do you think that was uh, pass interference? I do. No, I thought I thought it was wow. pass interference. Um, okay. Where's your paycheck from from the NFL, yeah. honestly? You sound like Chris Collinsworth right now. Dude, they wouldn't even talk about it on, on the broadcast. I'll talk about it That's, right now. That was pass well, interference. Please, <laughs> please do. Please do. I'd like to hear it, Trevor. Honestly, what what is your film analysis of this? Because what part of that was pass interference exactly? Uh, he definitely hooked the guy's right arm. He hooked C- Cup's right arm. He had a hold of it. You can't do that. Okay, <laughs> I mean, but you're going to call that on the goal line going into the fourth quarter when the game literally has been called as clean as possible and just let the boys play, quote unquote. That's what they but, did. But the that's game. that wasn't the situation, Rob. The situation oh. was. The Bengals had their only, uh, or sorry, the, uh, yeah, the Bengals had like a touchdown that they shouldn't have had based on a missed call. And this, okay. this call that you might have not have called, it didn't give the other team a touchdown. It simply gave them one more chance. So, you, okay, so part of you is saying that there's, there's kind of like remorse for a missed call, quote unquote. I'm, I'm saying to a neutral, objective observer of the game, these calls really balanced out, and in the long run, it was a pretty fairly called game. Nobody got screwed by the refs. 
Except for the Bengals. No, <laughs> not at all. The Bengals, I mean, the Bengals got what, like a 75-yard touchdown off of a missed, obvious, DPF. blatant well, uh, OPI, uh, yeah. fat, you know, uh, face mask. So right, right. I don't doubt that. I, I guess my question is: is why does it have to be balanced out? Why why can't they just call something straight? Why do they well, have to balance? So that's the thing. Why does it matter? So are you saying they should do it perfectly every time? Because I'll agree with that. But oh, I that's mean, not what ideally. happened. So would you, right. if, if they had not called the pass interference on the Bengals, would be we'd be sitting here talking about how the Rams got screwed by the missed call in the first half? I, well, I, I see what you're saying, but I guess like it, the grand scheme of things is that it, it, neither call, one of them should happen, the other one didn't. To balance them out is not really like the way you um, make up for any call. You know, it just you just call it as it is. That's that's the game. You know, you I mean you don't make. Oh, I missed the call in the first half. Hey guys, let's make sure we get something for the Rams later in the game. No, you just call it as, no, as, as I, the game I, unfolds. I, I disagree. You know. Now I, I disagree. They 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 need to. At the end of the game, you want to say it was fair, right? Yeah, fair no, and balanced, yeah, right? Now, they didn't invent the pass interference. They no, they yeah. called it when they didn't have to, but they called it because they should have, and they did. Nah, I didn't like the call. I just the context of the situation of the call. Like I said, clean game all all, all game, other than one, clean no, game, other than right? two. <laughs> Well, uh, one on each it, side, one in favor of in each this, team. <laughs> well, in this case, leading up to, to that play, it was a clean game. Other than one, they might have missed, which they did. That's not I mean it might. They did. Um, and then it's a, it's fourth quarter. It's like a minute and thirty left. And the best thing you can do in that situation is hold on to your whistle, hold on to your flag, because you don't want to be putting yourself in between the players winning the game or the coaches or anything else. Like I, there's so many other factors. I disagree. To that game. I disagree completely. I, no, <laughs> you can't make the game you, up the rest. You're telling man. me that at the end of the game, you should just stop calling penalties. Even if there are no. penalties. No, 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 no. Uh, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's ticky tacky, if you're letting them play, if the precedent is that you're letting them play and that's maybe 50, 50 or even 75, 25, meaning like it's 75, not 25 is, uh, your dogs agree with me. They're outraged. Listen, they're absolutely outraged right now. I, I, I'm saying that there's a precedent you've already set, and that's how you call the game. It's it's like you go in with a clean slate with the Supreme Court. You haven't any precedent Rob, in the cases. there was there's, a clean slate at the beginning of the game. There wasn't a clean slate when they called that penalty. They cleaned the slate when I, they called that penalty. I just can't agree with you, man. Well, I can't agree with you on you that You can't one. convince me otherwise. No. That was a very fair You can't convince me otherwise. Game. The refs did not alter the outcome of the game, okay? They did not so you, hand the game to either team. It's third and eight, Trevor. It's third and eight, right? Right. Rams and don't did, get that. Did they, and they don't throw a penalty. Did they, did they give Hold the on. other team a touchdown? Because that's what they did in the first half. They Okay. It's third and eight, right? The Rams, okay, no penalty gets thrown. Then it's fourth and eight. Are you telling me they they score on that on that drive? On maybe, the end of that maybe drive? not. You, are you okay. telling me they definitely so, don't? Because you don't know. I'm telling you, there's a better chance they don't than they do. You, but chances are chances. You still don't know the outcome. That's why we watch. No kidding. But uh, listen here, Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> advance advanced stats analytics whatever would suggest that they didn't have a chance. And so, I'm I'm just saying, man. Well, advanced stats and analytics would be wrong because they would have a chance. 
Right, you can't spirited. tell me that they wouldn't have a chance. The game wasn't you. over yet. I didn't know we were going to argue about this 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 referee call. For You're like not going to convince me yet. that it was a mistake. <laughs> it was a good I, game. They called I agree it good. To disagree. I agree to disagree. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree that they didn't call the the game good. I think it was called as fairly as it possibly could be. It's probably the well, best what are you saying? Super Bowl game. I'm just saying that the problem is that there's a blemish at the end of it, regardless of how well it was called. No, Leading I think to that, I think not calling that it would have been a bigger blemish. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there would have been a lot of like, you like, oh, did you see that last one? How many people would have been as up in arms about that? Had they not called it, would it be even known? I don't think they would. No, if they hadn't called it was that, so 50... the outrage over the missed face mask would have been much bigger than any outrage over this penalty being called. Well, so New York calls in and says, make sure you get a one. You know? No. Maybe it's close to the goal line. See, well, that's what I'm saying. They, you can't just... What you, are you, you saying? You can't just... What I'm saying is they, I doubt that there's like a... There's like an I uh, there's like an agenda set that if we miss oh, call one, we I have agree. To I agree. One. I don't think I it is that, that way. I don't think it's that way at all. So, so what? But it worked okay, out so, that way, and that is terrific because that's way better than if they had not made that call. Okay. Well, let me ask you this because we got to move on. <laughs> this penalties are just you know this is the thing with with the NFL right now is these these DPIs and these LPIs are just some of them are so egregious. And they don't get called, and some of them are not, and they do get called, and some of them are very ticky-tacky. Um, it just, it, you know, to me, it looked like a penalty that they would have called early in the season, and then they would have not called the rest of the season. That's what it looked like to me, or preseason. Well, and so that's what I thought. The my call was. my personal opinion is that that's ridiculous. Penalties should be called at the beginning of the season and not at the end. I don't like, it, doubt it, that, it but it shouldn't I, be that way. It should be this is a penalty. Well, this is not. This is we we'll call it, and we call it. Yeah. Yeah. No. They should be like a by the book. Like this is what it looks like. This is what it is. Right. But that you know that's not how they do do things in the NFL. <laughs> you know that's not that's not how they do to do these calls. So let me ask you this. Right. What do you think of Jalen Ramsey's performance? Oh, I thought be, it was being pretty that great. He's, being that he's the best cornerback in the NFL. I thought he played a great game. Um, you think? Okay. You know th- this is the Super Bowl. You know. Being the best at what you do, you're going against the best at what they do. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Jalen Rams, I thought, I thought the entire defense played great. Um, I thought the defense for the Bengals played extremely well if you, uh, you know, if you erase the, uh, the mental mistakes with the personal fouls. Yeah, yeah. Let's, do you want to talk about the biggest tool bag on the field that night? I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Vern Hargraves? What did he do? He was the the guy that ran on the field with his sh- oh, socks okay. and sandals. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> yeah. stupid. Yeah, so, uh, man, I'd almost forgot about him. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I wish I'm, we I'm, all did. <laughs> I'm never going to remember his name, which is probably better. Uh, but, yeah, how, how stupid do you have to be to do that in the biggest game that you could possibly be in? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, God. Uh, you're not even playing. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not even playing. It'd be one thing if you had a, uh, like your jersey on and you were on special teams or you're a backup player. He, he wasn't even dressed for the game. He was just on the sidelines. Right, right. You know, and he cost his team 15 yards and probably might have uh, some cost them some field position, considering where they were when the when the penalty happened. Um, well, they would have been on the 25 yard line. They went back to the 10. If I'm not mistaken, right? It was an interception in the end zone or something like that. 
or somewhere around the end zone. Nonetheless, boy, what a bonehead. Uh, yeah. What a tool. What an absolute freaking tool bag that guy is. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, delineating from the point here. Going back, you, so you said both defenses look great. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller, tell me about his performance. I mean, it, it, there's, it's, it's about what you expect from Von Miller in the Super Bowl. He was amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Two sacks, um, three quarterback yeah. hits. That, that right. entire defensive line, um, when, you, when you watch it, it's, it's really impressive that uh, Joe Burrow got the ball out as many times as he did. Mm. Um, he was definitely fighting for his life back there, ended up at the bottom of the pile a couple of times. Um, I thought it was interesting. Both quarterbacks got rolled up on. Uh, Stafford got his ankle you know, flexed pretty hard, and then Joe Burrow, the non-previously injured knee, got tweaked um, because both these D-lines were, were playing lights out. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, what would you think of Ashawn Robinson? Boy, that guy came kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. To some no, degree. No. He's, he's incredible. Tackle. I think, uh, I think yeah. he's uh, guaranteed himself a pay raise. <laughs> no, no kidding, right? Six, as a defensive tackle, six tackles, five solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hit. Pretty, pretty good stats for a defensive oh, yeah. tackle. Golly. And Sam Hubbard, um, de- defensive, what, Dak? Defensive tackle or some sort of D lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals. Guy was all over the field, man. I mean, I, I, I've never seen like two running games play or be like in, as inefficient as they were on Sunday because of the, the D line play. Usually, like there's some scheme fit, something happens, or like somebody gets hurt, or this was just like two D lines came to play, <laughs> you know, and uh, whoever's gonna be whoever's gonna let up 100 yards is going to lose, basically. And that's kind of what happened, honestly. So, um, yeah, yeah, I liked, I liked the even line play. And how could we not mention Aaron Donald? What did you think of Aaron, Aaron Donald's play? Oh, I thought he was incredible. He's definitely uh, the biggest factor on the field, especially right at the end uh, when they needed him to be. He, was, he, he made two huge back-to-back plays in the backfield. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I think he only narrowly got beat out. So I, I, I think he would have been my Super Bowl MVP. Um, I think that honor went to Cooper Cup. Right. Right, which I'm not upset with at all. Um, no. You, you can, he, he had a great game, great game, uh, big part of how they got there. Um, but uh, Aaron, Darnold, uh, Aaron Donald, thank you, mm, uh, he was uh, – uh, he would have been my pick for, for Super Bowl MVP. He played amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, think he's done? You know, I, I don't think he is. Um, I think it's too early. It, it's, you know, the, the digital age that we live in, we always get speculation on these things right away because somebody's going to pop the question, they're going to say something, and it's just it's going to get reported on. Um, I think... Uh, I think these guys don't know yet. You know, give them a chance to breathe, reflect, and think about what they've accomplished. Think about their future. Um, you know, a part of it might feel like retiring on top. Got you know achieved what he wanted to. Uh, is as has he given much thought to what he'd do if he did retire? 
You know what I mean? Like, like, like you get more distance from it, you start asking the more practical questions and uh, coming to uh, a more, I don't know, uh, concrete decision about the future. They've, they've got time to make up their minds. And uh, I, think Don, uh, I think Aaron Donald will be back. Oh, okay. Uh, any, well, let me ask you this. Is there any pretenses to his return, or is it he, he will come back regardless? You mean like do I think it factor it it did you know did like what factors into his decision? Well, I I look at it like this, like what if they can't retain like Odell Beckham and like a few guys on their defense who will be like Darius Williams and Ernest Jones, uh, Leonard Floyd, I think Asian Robinson, those guys are all be free agents. What if they can't return any of those guys or maybe only a few? Do you think I, that's a, has any impact on his decision? I could see that factoring into his decision. Um and that might actually be a big part of it. You know, would he be willing to help the t- I, I, I have no idea what he's uh, in line to make next year if he does play. Um, so, you know, could he give some money back to te- keep the defense together, that sort of thing? Um, you got to hope that those are always at least, you know, thought about and discussed by, by the people who are trying to make these decisions. Um, but, uh, you know, he's still got Matthew Stafford. Um, and uh, I, I think that uh, even if they were trying to replace some of these key players on the defense, he, he really should know that there's nobody more important to that defense than he is. And with the offense playing the way it is and Robert Woods is going to come back, I, I think it's more likely that Odell Beckham Jr. isn't with the Rams next year because they won't need him and they won't want to pay his prices. Um, Towards ACL, too. Also that, yeah. So so by the time he's healthy, Robert Woods will be the star next to Cooper Cup again. And, uh, you know, I I think, uh, you know, this is a team that will probably try to repeat as though there's a Super Bowl champion that doesn't try to repeat. Um, (laughs) But... uh, you know, it'll, it'll be something worth uh, keeping an eye on. And I, I enjoy speculating on this Aaron a lot more than the other Aaron. So, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's fair. At least there's one that's tolerable. I'm not better. Golly. <laughs> um, right, right. Uh, how, let me ask you this. Well, two, I got two questions, really important ones. One, did, well, I, I'm not sure how to phrase this one, but... You know, considering where Matthew Stafford's been placed in a lot of quarterback circles, top one through fifteen or what have you, um, is he top ten? Matthew Stafford is he top ten now? Do you feel like he's top ten? Absolutely. Okay, because there's been a lot of talk after this game that people still believe he's in kind of that fifteen range. It was uh, more yeah. of like McVay's play calling towards the end of the game and Cooper Cup's brilliance rather than Stafford. Kind no, I, I think uh, I think even now people are underrating Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's starting to get the respect he deserves, um, which he really deserves now that he's won a Super Bowl. Um, he's he's always been an amazing quarterback, and honestly, if he had if he had played out his entire career with the Detroit Lions, never got a postseason victory, I still think he's you know, vying for uh, the Hall of Fame. Now he certainly is. Um, I think with this one season, he is he's almost guaranteed himself. 
uh, uh, going into the Hall of Fame, um, hmm. and uh, and and he's not done. I don't. I, don't, I expect he's going to. I don't think he's definitely going to go back and win another Super Bowl. Um, this league is just way too competitive at the top right now to to say that's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think people are still finding out just how good a quarterback Matthew Stafford is. Yeah, he's like 32, 33 years old. <clears throat> you guys are playing to like in their 40s now, um, which you know I don't know about Stafford. It seems he seems a little more fragile than right. the average uh, quarterback. Well, and, he's got a big family. You know, I don't know how much longer he'll you know, play for. You say they're playing into their 40s now. Um, yeah, is that really the new regular? How many? Let's let's. How many can we count that have done that in the modern era, other than Brady? Is it uh, Favre, not Ryan, Favre, Favre? How yeah, I mean Matt Ryan. Ryan? Yeah. 37 or 38, and he'll probably play till he's about 41. You know, right. Roethlisberger? Rodgers is 38. Was 40? Roethlisberger? 40? I don't know. 40, he might have been. 41? No, no. Yeah. So right. it, 20, it does happen. It does happen more often now. Um, but uh, it's still football. So there's really no guarantee. You know, any, any, any play could be your last. And, and that's just... You know they they do what they can to try and 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 lower the risk there, but it's it's still that game. Speaking of plays that could be your last, let's talk about the the thirty and eight play. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> what do you think about Joe Burrow? That right side of his offensive line. I mean, I think I was reading Pro Football Focus. They literally like I think they they graded him some of the worst grades you can. Some of the lowest grades they you know in terms of their performance. Uh, the right side of the offensive line had uh, ever <laughs> in, in the Super Bowl era, you know, in terms of how they performed. They're bad. They're, they were terrible, especially in the second half, the, the right guard and the right tackle, Not, neither of which names I can recall uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, if you can't are, remember their names, that kind of tells you something. Not a good like sign. Um, yeah, it's not a good sign. What do you think about that that side of the offensive line moving forward? I know, I think on the left side they have a couple first-rounders. Billy Price is the center. Is this something that, like, Cincinnati should be concerned about, and is it going to prevent them from getting farther in the playoffs next year? Well, you know, we've we've brought it up here and there throughout the season, but we really went into this uh, during the last draft. Um, yeah, last year. Uh, right. We were very critical of their decision to take Jamar Chase instead of, um, gosh, I can't remember now, but, you know, the, they could have uh, had Penny the – Sewell. Yeah, they could Penny have Sewell. had the highest drafted O-lineman <clears throat> if they wanted. Um, right. And, uh, and that's what – what I would have done, um, and who knows what what uh, the season would have been like without Jamar Chase. Um, I, I certainly can't criticize that decision now, uh, or or any longer. But uh, I expect they've got it. Like that that has to be the top priority for that front office right now. Is how do we, you know, make the most out of this off season and this draft uh, to to fix our problems on the offensive line because. They have something special with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, and and uh, you know the the rest of the receivers there. Like that, that's worth. Uh, and and then you know it, it's it's not as though beefing up the O line isn't good for the other half of the offense. Um, they've got two, uh, you know, very affordable, serviceable running backs with with uh, you know Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. So you know I think that uh, it's the obvious uh, target for this team right now is the O-line. 
Yeah, no question. I, I just can't help but think, man, we watched in that second half. I don't know how many of the sacks, seven of them. I don't know how many of those occurred in the second half. I mean, I can certainly think of like three or four off the top of my head there in the last like two drives in the fourth quarter. Right. You I know, for him. I so, want to say that there's probably yeah. only one in the first half. There might not have been yeah. a first half sack uh, against M- Joe Maybe Burrow. not. But uh, because they they seem to just stack up there at the end, which was, again, just really impressive uh, effort by uh, the Rams D-line. None more so than Aaron Darnold. Donald. Shit. (laughs) Right. Wrong Darnold. Donald. (laughs) Donald. 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 Uh, Pam Pan situation. I think I can help with that. Um, What what do you think about Raheem Morris? Uh, So defensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams. I'm not sure how far like defensive coordinators are really taken seriously in the league nowadays. It seems like everybody's like a young offensive coordinator, like McVay type. They're getting head coach jobs, but but the adjustment to take Von Miller on the inside and Shreve Floyd, I'm uh, sorry, on the outside in the first half, and then start having a mix up in the the inside and doing twists with Donald um, to get them free and get them on some like slower guards who are not as agile to handle them. And that caused Burrow a lot of problems. Uh, do you think he's in line for any sort of coaching consideration or anything like that? Well, I think considering he, was, I think he yeah. has to be considered. Um, right. A lot of teams would be foolish not to at least consider it. Um, but yeah, there is a trend towards uh, young offensive coordinators right now for for head coaching jobs, and it's I, I think it's <laughs> a lot to do with where you're seeing success in the league and where you're seeing good teams struggle. Um, you know, the, the Vikings have had a, a defensive minded, uh, head coach for, uh, nine years. Yeah. Um, I think Zimmer had been there since yeah. 2012 after Frazier left, I right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, and, and he, he, he did a real good job, uh, by, by a lot of standards or, you know, compared to a lot, but he couldn't do what they ultimately wanted, which was a Super Bowl. Um, so they're moving on. They got a young offensive coordinator. Um, and then, you know, you're seeing that I, I'm struggling to find other examples that fit as well. The, the Broncos have bigger problems than just their head coach, but they had another, you know, uh, defensive genius, uh, head coach. Um, and it's just, it was terrible for them. Um, so I think, uh, I think the league is, as a as a whole is really looking at at offense as the key to winning right now. Well, it's like how often does that pay off? Like you know, Sean McDermott in Buffalo wasn't he Carolina's defensive coordinator or was he offensive coordinator? I don't quite remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But I mean, yeah, I'd have to look it up here. And nonetheless, I think it was defense because um, the offensive coordinator was doesn't from that 2015 team. I oh god, it will escape me here, but. Come back to me. I think it was like a Schottenheimer, or no, not Marty, but like his son or something along those lines. Nonetheless, um, you know, it's uh, that's that's the trend. That's the trend. You get you get these young guys in there, and you know they they can work really well with the quarterbacks. And uh, you need to develop somebody, right? Quarter, well, that's and, that's how you stay relevant in the league. And then there are so. teams like uh, the Packers and the Saints with coaches like you know when McCarthy was there and Sean mm. Payton. Uh, these these defensive coaches. That uh, they both got a Super Bowl, but people really think they should have got more than one. Uh, no kidding. So with with everything else that was in place, they only got one Super Bowl. Uh, so I I think there's just a real trend away from the defensive minded head coach. Well, like even 
like uh, Brandon Staley, which was the Rams defensive coordinator last year, got a got a head coaching job. It, you know, it, it, if you and I went out to lunch with Sean McVay, <laughs> we would probably get we would probably get calls for coaching jobs <laughs> right. the next day. You know, like so. You know, and I think that's like a joke in the industry now. If you have a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you know you're bound to like get a, get a phone call from an from NFL owner or something like that. Uh, he just got a you know he's he's, spe- he's special. You know, <laughs> heard you say that earlier. I haven't yeah. heard that, that phrase in a while. So, um, you know, and so like there's there's a lot to be said about his like magic kind of rubbing off on people or sort of his enthusiasm and or you know the guy's just a smart football mind. I mean, he's just a good developer, a lot of uh, talent and. Coaching and player-wise, I mean, Zach Taylor was his quarterback's coach, and now he was, you know, Cincinnati head coach in the Super Bowl. So um, it's pretty cool, you know. Kyle Shanahan, for God's sakes, uh, you know, ended up getting a head coaching job in San Francisco, and he worked with the McVay, you know. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, speaking of pretty cool, cool Cooper Cup. That's not what they call him. Um, what <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you think? What do you? What do you? I mean, obviously we know his performance is magical. He's probably had the, the greatest. Well, arguably, and well, let's let's talk about it. Is this the greatest receiver season of all time? I mean, I think it. It's certainly in that conversation. It it really could be one of the best ever, if not the best ever. Um, I uh, I do feel like he was at the end of the year oddly overlooked in the. Uh, I know people were talking about him, but he, he 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 should have been, in my opinion, more competitive in the league MVP discussion. Um, I I go back and forth as to whether or not I'd actually award it to him, but uh, it, it was it was an insane year for Cooper Cup. Um, it's uh, it's impressive enough with the statistics, and then you have to uh, you know appreciate things like. This was his first season with Matthew Stafford, right? Um, so you know things like that um, <clears throat> just just make it you know really impressive. Yeah, yeah, and and not to mention that uh, he had to catch balls from Jared Goff for like three years, You're right? Like, right. <laughs> well, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> How much better could he have been? He's like twenty-seven or twenty years old now. It's like why well, his career was kind of wasted there for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I, I believe he finished with something around like 2,400 yards, you know, between the playoffs and the regular season, yeah, uh, about 20 some touchdowns, uh, some, I don't even know how many receptions, but several, <laughs> let's put it like that. Yeah. 145 catches Jesus. in the regular season. Um, if you just add his postseason stats, 33 to 145, that is what? 178, 2,400, 24. 22 touchdowns 22 touchdowns 24 just under 2500 yards 178 catches <laughs> that's you know uh, it's insane i mean uh, jerry rice couldn't even produce numbers like that no it's you know? it's pretty it's so, pretty crazy um it's it's pretty wild right yeah so right. you know there's there's lots of interesting uh stories uh around this this super bowl um one that i really like uh eric weddle you know, long-time safety for the Chargers came out of retirement, right. and now he gets to retire with a world championship. So, pretty cool. Yeah, comes pretty, back just plays the playoffs. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome stuff there. Um, Golly, what a life! And uh, you know, when people say the Rams went all in this year, like 
that, that's an understatement um, because they went all in, including bringing this guy out of retirement. <laughs> um, they just they did it, you know they did everything they could to to become champions this year, and it worked out. Well, let's let's talk about that. Is it is it worth leveraging your future and trading first round picks and second round picks and so on and so forth for uh, a Super Bowl? And it, is it worth reevaluating the value of first and second round picks? Considering, like you, you can get a player like Jalen Ramsey or Matthew Stafford for a few for first few first round picks, and maybe you'll miss on one or two of two of them anyway. Then is it worth? I mean, you know, are we are we? We you know, kind of there, over over hyping some of this stuff. There's there's different. You know, people are always going to disagree on stuff like this. I I tend to uh, lean towards the uh, you know the the proven product. Um, I mean, the more I pay attention to the draft, the more I feel that way um, because we can we we see every year what a crapshoot the the first round can actually be. Some years are worse than others, but you know, getting a guy like Matthew Stafford, I mean, unless you haven't been, you know, I, I, I watched the big 12 North like a hawk. So I knew who Stafford was. Um, somebody like, uh, Aaron Donald. Thank you. Uh, he's, he's, uh, you know, a, a generational talent at a position that can completely change the outcome of a game. Um, just always being able to disrupt, the uh, the O line right in the middle like that, or come around the edge, um, is just you know, I, I in my point in my opinion that's invaluable. Um, if if it's if it's the missing piece of the puzzle, I don't think there's any amount of draft capital that's not worth it to go get a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think let me add this too. Like, I, I don't know, pose this as a question or more more less comment. And see what you think. You know, if you can. Uh, it, it require it probably re- I would have to imagine if you can require that you're able to draft in those middle rounds, you know, uh, third, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, sixth round picks. You can find undrafted free agents. How else would you build a team? I mean, you still have to draft people, right? That's kind of like the what they call like the um, the what's it the middle class of your roster, right? Are these like kind of middle to late round picks that kind of stick around your roster who are like valuable contributors. Maybe they'll get paid at some point. Maybe you find some gems like Cooper cup. He's a third round pick. Right. Um, so it's kind of to the tango, you know, like I've heard, you know, I've <laughs> listened to a lot of Boston sports radio, certainly other radio stations around the country. Sports wise will say, wow, well, they've traded a lot of guys. I mean, they trade a lot of draft picks. Um, they've sort of, Leverage a lot of their future in terms of getting one, maybe two Super Bowls, probably one though. Let's be honest. I think oh, they'll uh, get one. statistically, you know, if, if we're talking, yeah. what what I would predict, um, I don't think that they're going to get another Super Bowl victory out of out of going all in like this. Now they're certainly going to try, and it can right. happen, but right. uh, but the odds are stacked against that. Um, well, yeah, it, but they've been such good talent evaluators in terms of their middle class of their roster like i mean if you just look at their offensive players alone van jefferson they got in the third fourth round daryl henderson they got in the fourth round came acres they got in the fourth fifth round ben skoronic i think it's how you pronounce his last name uh i think he was like a sixth or seventh round pick Oof. bryson hopkins might have been an undrafted free agent um let's see here sony michelle they got for a fourth fifth round pick they traded to the, the patriots daryl henderson was a third round pick 
you know, Darius Williams was undrafted. Ernest Jones, don't know what rounds. Taylor Rapp was second round. Ashawn Robinson was a cheap free agent. Leonard Floyd, they got cheap. Eric Weddle out of retirement, you know, so on and so forth. They have long junior. So they, you know, if you're going to leverage your future, you know, you got to have both, right? You got to be good talent evaluators and you have to ante up and ad- identify the right players to trade for. Like oh, Jalen sure. Ramsey, it's no brainer. Well, you know? and, and, and another piece of that is, uh, your you know your coaching staff's ability to get the best out of these players and right. and I don't think anybody would argue that Sean McVay is just really good at that aspect of it all because um, you know you, you you can't just say that this same roster would be where they were and accomplish what they did if they had Vic Fangio coaching you know yeah <laughs> that was a that was a shot across the bow there so I see what you did there yeah. <laughs> Wow, way to stick it to Broncos fans. Like they need, they've had futility for basically seven years in a row. You know, so um, you know it's it's interesting. I I think it's easy to kind of look at it, but not. You know, I just I, I wonder how many people overlook that fact that like yeah, you, like you said, McVeigh and I pointed out. You know, these guys are great talent evaluators. Les Snead is a really good general manager. You know, and oh, he yeah. had to work with yeah. Jeff Fisher too. so so uh you know that says a lot about him right he's an excellent general manager um lastly question about the game this will kind of ride us out into the end of the show here 41 minutes in um favorite moment of the super bowl Ooh, that's tough um tough one right you gotta recall all you know because because i really sticks out i really did like seeing the uh i'll just mention it one more time the the joe mixon touchdown pass to uh uh to higgins uh for reasons i already stated i just i thought it showed exactly who the Bengals were what they were trying to do um you know we're not even going to have joe burrow throw the first touchdown because we're we're coming at you with everything we can think of type of play um so that really that really stands out to me in the first half and and for the Bengals, but I think the best play uh, came late in the game. It was uh, when Matthew Stafford looked off the safety to uh, to keep Cooper Cup just open enough to catch that touchdown. Yeah. Um, man, it was just it's it's beautiful. Um, it, it's something I've seen him do with Detroit. Uh, you know, over and over in his career, it, it doesn't get the same same coverage in the media because they lose. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's so that, that's it's what they're good at. It's what you know. It's exactly what Matthew Stafford had to do in the biggest moment of his career. You know, I, I don't think it's exaggerating to say that it's the biggest moment of the game, biggest moment of the season, biggest moment of his career so far, and he just crushed it it was uh, you you can't execute that play any more perfectly than he did and the defense shouldn't even i mean there's there's almost nothing you can do to defend that he that the defender did exactly what he's supposed to do he's reading the quarterback's eyes and uh and they got burned it was just incredible yeah you can't defend a play like that right yeah yeah, i mean um yeah i you know, it's funny about that play. I didn't even know it happened until after the game when everybody started talking about it. And I saw it on YouTube. You know, it was like Matt Stafford throws ridiculous no like pass. I'm like, when did this happen? You know, I'm like, oh my God, that was that play? Like, he actually did that? Because you're, you're in the moment and the game was happening so quickly at the end. It was so tight. 
and they scored in that drive, like you forget that you know, I didn't even know. It's not even that I forgot. I didn't even know he completed that pass. No look. They didn't really even highlight it on the on the uh, the play by play, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's just like there's the play. Oh sh- oh crap. <laughs> he looked off a of safety by literally throwing a no look pass. Incredible. Incredible play. Like one that will definitely stand the test of time in terms of Super Bowl highlights, you know. Oh, yeah. um, and we're still doing this uh, this podcast, uh, except with uh, wheelchairs and walkers. You know, that's what we'll call it then: wheelchairs and walkers <laughs> in general. Uh, so, um, my my favorite play uh, it was kind of twofold. So um, I'm not sure exactly how it started. I have to rewatch the the play, you know. But uh, Aaron Donald, uh, what he went okay. That's what happened. Joe Burrow went to the sideline, and Aaron Donald pushed him out, like pretty. Pretty hefty, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, I think it upset a lot of people that that didn't really. I mean, I, I thought it was a clean hit from the beginning. It. Likewise, um, it's still bounce. It's pretty aggressive, but it's like, man, that's yeah. that is the game, and and he was a full yard away from the sideline when Donald Donald made contact. <laughs> I swear, I'm well, gonna that's... get this right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it it uh, and then when they show the replay, it's it's clear that he's just doing his job and uh there was nothing dirty about it um it wasn't a low hit it wasn't helmet uh, it wasn't targeting um but he gave him one hell of a shove and and joe burrow was not in a slide he was not out of bounds um and it was just just shoved him with his hands yeah he sent him pretty far out of bounds with that shove but right. that's the idea <laughs> yeah no no kidding and i like that play the moment because it was like okay push him out of bounds then, like, basically a sideline fight ensued, you know? Oh, I and remember that. I remember that. It was then, pretty crazy. Yeah, um, that that defensive line kind of woke up for L.A., pass rush-wise at least, and, like, no. the adjustments they were making kind of solidified because now Donald was pissed That's absolutely, for the rest of the game. They certainly, you know? found, they certainly found a new gear after that, and I think that yeah. that, was, uh, that was energy that, that Aaron Donald supl- supplied. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, from then on. It was like, oh my gosh, are are the Bengals even going to be able to move the ball anymore? No, they they didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a caveat, right? Fourth quarter, no points. You know, seven to nothing, L.A. Uh, what was your least favorite moment of the game, other than what <laughs> we already argued about? Yeah. So, so I'll I'll bring it back to the game. But since you brought it up, I got to say this. I you know, I, I didn't have a lot of anticipation, so it wasn't a huge disappointment. That I, I, in my opinion, the the half the the commercials this year were just oh. not they they weren't entertaining. Uh, I, I'm going to say that they were bad. Uh, oh, that's fine. It, it was yeah. just a bunch of electric Hot car tape. commercials with uh, a star-studded cast. But in my opinion, it wasn't clever. It wasn't funny. Uh, I miss the Tide ads that that made me laugh so hard the last couple of years. Doritos. Um, Right, and and maybe yeah. you know I can't say that I was glued to the TV during the commercials, uh, but the ones I saw I just just wasn't uh, wasn't all that impressed with. Um, as far as the game goes, um, I think the least favorite part for me was probably seeing uh, Joe Burrow grab his knee and scream into the ground like he did. Um, that was so hard to watch, and uh, you had to wonder if it was. Just that you know, it, it could have been the same thing that happened last year, but to the other knee, and you just you were so worried there for a while, and and 
And uh, it's going to be an ongoing concern. I'm not saying that there's nothing to worry about uh, with, with Joe Burrow's knee that got hurt or that they don't have huge issues protecting this really great quarterback that they have. Um, but when they were showing the slow motion replay and they zoomed in and he's just, he's just holding that knee and screaming at the ground, uh, it, was, it was hard to watch. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with that. Uh, the worst part about that, and of course they're so good in the production trucks these days, is they immediately found his wife and his mom. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, stands. absolutely. And then they show him like, like they show him like you know blood curdling screaming in the ground, and then they show them like basically crying, holding each other. And it's like football is <laughs> so savage. <laughs> like, and not only that, but like like the the production trucks, like what an amazing shot. Um, and probably the worst way possible, which is just like way to show like real human emotion about like somebody they really care about. Like basically, I don't know who, who knows. We, his that looked bad. That could have been much worse. And maybe it is. We'll see. Like you said, long term. Um, the fact that they immediately found the mom and the girl and the girlfriend was like, oh my god, freaking yeah. savages. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it, it was bad. people just. Um, gonna put him up right up on air, like you know, just adding to the ante. And I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that it's not compelling television. It is. Yeah. But like I, I didn't like that part. Um, if I could, yeah. if I could change one thing in the Super Bowl, it would be that moment. I just, you know, get sacked without getting hurt. <laughs> I, I think my least favorite. It's not moment, but it was just, you know. And I was telling you this before we came on air. I don't like. LA hold, hosting the Super Bowls. It's not that I'm like, I'm a New Englander, East Coaster, right? So I have a natural bias against the West Coast. It's not that, I swear. <laughs> it's that, it's just LA. It's like the Super Bowl's attraction, and certainly like for casual people, it's more so, right? I have an attraction in a lot of different ways in any other football game they'll watch any, any other part of the year, any part of their life, right? But in LA, it's like, oh God, I don't know. It was like a nightclub. Like, okay, there's LeBron, like there's Shaq, there's all... You know, it's no, like it, there's Kanye, like, you know, oh, it's such a tool fest. Like, I, God, yeah. I stop know, showing all these freaking celebrities. I, I know some people are going to disagree because they really like yeah. seeing all that stuff. But uh, it definitely, for me, yeah, it was a detractor from the experience. Um, God. That combined with the knowledge of it being the most expensive by far Super Bowl to attend ever. Uh, and then when you saw the parade, air quotes, um, and how pathetic it was, and I don't relish talking down to a fan base at all. Uh, I think the fans are what really makes this, this uh, league great. And, uh, but, but when you saw that celebration and, and what an expensive Super Bowl it was to attend and, and all the celebrities that were there, it, it really gave you a feel that, like, you know, this is not what the rest of the league is like in terms of, you know, a very blue collar fan base, people that show up for this team out of their, you know, out of a passion for it in the game. Um, Cause if all those people that spent all that money to attend the Super Bowl had showed up to the celebration, we might not be having the same conversation. Um, but, uh, but they didn't, you know, uh, cause it was over for them after, after the game was done. And yeah, I, I, I don't like, I mean, it, it wasn't the thing that bothered me the most, but like it, it did not feel like they had the support of the town of the city that they play for. Right. It, it just, it, it was a bunch of celebrities, man. 
uh, you know, and that's uh, that's the majority of the crowd. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was there in L.A., and that's what L.A. is known for. Celebrities um, having in L.A. didn't it just the atmosphere. There was no, I didn't feel like there was a lot of crowd reactions. It didn't sound loud, and it's it just felt like a lot of people were kind of there to have have wine and kind of interact with one another. And there was a game going on in the background. No, you and know, I, that's. I hate, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I hate to I hate do it. this to any uh, Bengals fans listening that we have because it's just it's it's salt in the wound. But I imagine had the Bengals won the Super Bowl, the uh, the celebration in Cincinnati would have been just absurdly insane. Oh, it, ridiculous! Yeah, it would have been spirit you know, as hell. Um, right, and uh, and that's what you want to see. You want to. I mean. Right. Even though it's you know, for most of us, we're watching somebody else's city erupt uh, in celebration. But that's what's supposed to happen, you know, like like what happens every year. You know, it happened in Tampa Bay. It happened in Philadelphia. It's happened in uh, Boston, what, like six times. Um, yeah, who's counting? Yeah, who's counting? But yeah. you, you, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, or maybe you don't, maybe, maybe the, uh, Super Bowl celebration isn't something you've ever tuned into. Um, but this yeah. one was pretty weak, pretty weak, pretty weak. I, I just, you know, I, LA, the benefit of LA, it's big, a lot of industry, obviously the population is very large, you know, and so like they, they're an easy sort of get for a lot of these events, uh, and, and their teams, you know, they just, they always strike me as like, there was nothing else going on on a Sunday. So we ended up at a Rams game. Instead of like we're Rams fans and we want to be here, and that maybe I'm biased, but I, that's just what I believe. I think it, it goes the same way with every basically every sport outside the Dodgers. I think that's basically the only team and the Lakers, probably the only two teams, but really the Lakers. You know, I mean that that's a, a basketball city for for sure. You know, but the football is just kind of like there. Their team was in it. Hey, we'll be Rams fans for the week and <laughs> hour or two, whatever. You know, I just I couldn't get into it. I hated the atmosphere. SoFi's beautiful stadium. I almost feel like it's just it just killed any sort of rabid rabid football Super Bowl atmosphere I've seen in the last probably like ten years. Oh, anytime yeah, the, it's in like Houston, it's an amazing game. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and anytime it's been in Phoenix, awesome. You know, uh, even Tampa last year was really cool. You oh, know, yeah. right, Minnesota, Detroit, they've had it in Indy. I, I don't think I've ever. Well, Indy was kind of like we're sitting on our hands. But well, the the stadium I, in L.A. is yeah. definitely not the problem. The stadium is 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 awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's uh, just the the fans. They the they need to. they need a real fan base, uh, right? You know that that can you know take off work or cancel whatever they were supposed to do that day to right. go celebrate winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> totally, I, I agree, hundred percent. Well, folks, that is all we have for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Trevor, you have anything else to say? There, sorry, sorry, man. man I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm scrambling <laughs> here because there, there were so many things to talk about with this game. Um, yes, it, it just was. Uh, it was. I, you know, I can't say that I enjoyed it more than last year's because I was rooting for Tampa Bay last year, so it was, it was really fun. But it was right. certainly a much more competitive Super Bowl, and that's, I think, uh, a good thing because, uh, you know. Nobody wants to see their team get just hammered in the Super Bowl. And and that's not what happened. I, both teams were really competitive, um, r- you know, through four quarters of football. Um, so uh, so I really enjoyed it this year. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I loved the second half. I thought it was probably the, some of the best football I've watched in the last few years. And um, just hope 
it'll be a better atmosphere. Well, it's going to be in Dallas next year, right? Something like that. No, it's in Arizona. I'll be there. Ooh. I'm going. <laughs> yes. It's in Glendale. Oh, man, I need to go to that. Hopefully, They're, they're be, not going to uh, let you inside, but you'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'll be like Eric Andre at the Republican National Convention. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, this guy's going to say way too many penis and fart jokes. You're not letting him in. So, um, anywho... Uh, what's next? Uh, good question. Uh, we'll, we will figure that out as we go week to week here, folks. And, um, just keep turning in because it's, it's, it's just good talk. You know, yeah. Very yeah. Spirited, it's, obviously it's the right time um, for us to start looking into speculating on, on the draft free agencies, all these things, but something that I think Rob and I are both really looking forward to is, uh, this, uh, what's it called? The uh, USFL? USFL is back. So yeah. we'll be covering that in April when it comes back. I mean, we'll do a couple of preview shows leading up to it. Um, kind of like if you followed a couple of fantasy guys, RIP, we uh, <laughs> <laughs> covered the, the, the AAF, and uh, that ended it didn't end up well. And then uh, I was playing on doing an XFL return, but then COVID happened, so let's oh, hope man. that doesn't affect yeah, the uh, USFL. So, the, the fates have yeah. not been kind to those of us that no, want sorry. a spring football league. <laughs> Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, we, we, we desperately want it, and hopefully this will be our, our answer, but you know, it probably won't, so we'll see what happens. Um, yes, uh, uh, so um, where am I going with this? Oh, next week we'll be back, and we'll probably end up talking about the scuttlebutt and everything going on with Brian Flores, Stephen Ross, and golly, the whole wrap-up of uh, coaching and possible retirees and whatnot, and so uh, strapping your seatbelts, folks, it's going to be a long six months. <laughs> that's that's so, right. That's right. Now, now starts the bad times. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you get all. Get, make sure you get your Prozac ready, I guess, and uh, <laughs> you know, just keep listening to us week to week. I'm I'm Rob. I'm my Bobby Line Instagram. We're at Football and General Podcast Instagram. You can find Trev uh, Trev Geo Dude on Instagram. And as always, I'm speaking way too far away from my mic. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here week to week, man, covering the the scuttlebutt and the ins and outs of the NFL. Please give us a like, follow, and subscribe if you see us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Present us to your friends. Bring us to football parties that you, you wish you could still have or your YouTube watch <laughs> parties of, of past Super Bowls that have, that have gone in America's Games and the, the Lost Rings series on the NFL Network because we all know that's what we're recently watching for the next six months in the Combine, and we'll be there. Yeah. So, Are you tired then, of spending way too much time looking for what to watch on Netflix? Listen to right. uh, listen to this podcast instead. And I tell you what, we'll probably end up telling you what to watch on on, uh, on TV, and, and we'll probably and, and because we're going to need to cover an hour, we'll end up reviewing a lot of things we normally not football related. So, uh, anywho, until next time, we're out. <laughs>